Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. With some white people, there's this defense mechanism when there's a suggestion that they might not know everything about being black or being a person of color. And it, to me, it's always confusing because it's just like, but if you're white, you're not going to know what it's like to be black or a person of color. So why can't you believe me when I talk about my experience? It's almost like, well, like, like they know. And, and, you know, and, you know, we had this with, you know, uh, uh, some fam family members of Alex and, and it was just so interesting because it's not like, you know, these particular people even you know, really talk to black people in society, this, like this kind of resistance from many white people to believe people of color when they talk about experiencing racism. And at this point, I feel like there's not an excuse anymore. You are listening to the Dope Black Moms podcast. On today's podcast, I'm delighted to be joined by writer, racial equality advocate and entrepreneur Tanika Smith. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Excited to be here. I'm, I'm grateful <laughs> to have you here in my kitchen at like nine o'clock. Yes. <laughs> Where are you in the world? So I'm in Geneva, Switzerland. I'm in Hackney, London. Hamilton, to be exact. Great. <laughs> but I just wanted you to take us back. You were walking down the street with your husband. You kissed him goodbye. A black man sees this. And can you just tell us what happened next? Yes. Um, wow. <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> um, I was, yeah, I, I kissed my husband goodbye and my husband walks to, we like are going our separate ways and like, you know, I see this guy from afar off and he's not happy and you just kind of know after being in an interracial relationship when people are unhappy about what they've seen and I remember like uh, crossing the street to try to walk away from them and um, like looking behind to see if they were following and seeing that they were. And, you know, this person just followed me and ran up and spat in my face. Um, and just like the sheer horror, I just like could not believe what had happened. And I was like screaming in the street that I'm going to call the police and I'm like, you know, walking down the street and this like white guy comes out of a store and it's just like, how can I help? And I remember like in the book being really conflicted and being like, I've got this white dude helping me chase this black man about like a racial thing that has just happened and how mind boggling it was. And at the same time, like, you know, because it was a black man, I was just like, you know, rationalizing about why he did it and the hurt and the pain that must be behind why he did it. And that, that's um, mind-boggling in itself for, for, for yes. any of us in the Black community. You never want to take down 
another black person. Exactly. And that's difficult. But but this he is clearly wrong. And we need to we need to yeah. take him down. We need to call him out. But that's so interesting. And your moment of absolute shock. You've just been abused. You're standing there on the street and you think maybe well you're thinking something you're you're rationalizing and justifying for him yes and you know we we tried to find him or have a picture of him and you know he got on a like tram and you know went away and at the same time I was kind of relieved that I didn't catch up to him because I also would have a sense of I think guilt about calling the police on him especially the day and age that we live in. And what would you have said <laughs> if you did catch up with him? I have no idea. I think I probably would have just taken a picture. I just wanted to take a picture and send it. Um, um, yeah, I don't think, I think if there was a situation where like, you know, he was caught and I was there and the police came, I, I, I don't know how I would have, really felt about that it was a very conflicting yeah. moment it was a very honestly i i'd love um, to speak to him just like you're clearly on the edge if something like that can can bring that much venom out in you to want to physically assault somebody in broad yeah. daylight that's that's someone who needs to talk that i mean that is a troubled troubled someone yeah and I had never been spat on and to be honest I probably would have expected it from and I know that might not sound great from a a white person you know I didn't expect it from a another black person so um yeah so it's a very emotional moment uh that happens in the beginning of the book but that moment kind of was the catalyst for us writing yeah. the book because we, the book uh, mixed up confessions of an interracial couple because we were trying to um, find books by interracial couples about what they've gone through or how to handle certain situations or scenarios and there really weren't any there really aren't any I think there are books coming up now about the mixed race experience. Um, but there's still not a lot of books about an interracial couple talking about their relationship and like how they got totally. through it. And um, I think it's a great thing to do to let people into your relationship. Massively, so, massively, but leaving yourself open. Absolutely. You. <laughs> I mean, what other racially charged incidences incidents happened to lead you to write this book? Because that wasn't the first incident, was it? Yeah, but because there there were like instances, I mean, it was like, you know, a build up where, you know, we might have neighbors who, I mean, we lived there in the place for three years. They know we're married and they're like to my husband when they finally can get him alone. Oh, is that, you know, your flatmate? And my husband's like, come on. Come on. Um, yeah. Yeah, you see the wedding yeah. band, the wedding band on his finger. And, and you know, we had... um you know, situations with friends who would say kind of racially charged things. And, Is this coming from both uh, sides, black and white friends, all different types of friends? Um, I think it's, okay, well, you know, I did have like friends of color who when we first started dating, you know, would, you know, kind of poke fun at me dating Alex or ask why I wasn't dating someone 
you know, why was I dating someone who was white? Um, but I mean, I've had that growing up, like that, that's always like a, a commentary I've, I've had. Um, did Alex get any of that? Why are you dating a white? He actually said, he said like, or negative. he says he has a different experience. He, people don't question him as much. They don't make him feel bad about the relationship, but that, that's also, I think also a gender standard in terms of when women are, are dating outside of their race as well. Um, and um, yeah, he, he didn't have it as much. He did have, we did have a situation where we were at a family event and um, <clears throat> I was the only black person out of 150 people. And my husband was speaking to this person um, and they said, they commented that they thought I was beautiful. And then they said that it must be really difficult to be married to a black woman. Um, Did you say it's horrific? It's an absolute nightmare. I was married to my husband, you know, but no, he didn't say that. But, you know, they were speaking in a context. I think she was trying to, you know, identify with her own issues. But this is like a white, you know, a white, you know, woman, um, you know, of a certain social standing and um, socioeconomic standing. And, um, yeah, and so it, it was, yeah, he, he was taken back by it. And um, it was interesting because that, you know, was also the catalyst for uh, some backlash, um, you know, within the, the family about the book um, because it was mentioned and there was this kind of, like, that's not true or that's not racist or that's not a bad thing that happened. Why are you talking so about that? So people are finding it difficult um, when they're almost getting a mirror to themselves and they've never yeah. looked at it. And if it's someone that like they know, um, then if it's someone that you know, and I think, you know, with the book, you know, we don't particularly talk about like, and, and that woman was not even, is not even part of the family. So, um, that was the interesting thing for us that there was this reaction and they're not even family. Um, but, um, you know, it, the book did get, so most of the people were very supportive in Alex's family of the book. Um, and, you know, I've, I've known, you know, I've been in that family, known them for 10 years, like have been like amazing to me. So it was a, a shock that there was just a complete change about speaking out about race and relationships. Because when I also did this mix up in, in love report with uh, the dating app inner circle that like revealed that like, you know, like almost half of the respondents are actually afraid of, you know, backlash from family and friends. And um, pressure though, isn't it? That you go in, our, our parents and our family hold so much weight in our lives. And even the, the unconscious need to please them, to do right by them, to get that approval. You want to bring home the right person and seem to have been achieving, right? That, that, that's yes, really, exactly. that's really tricky. That's really tricky. Yeah, yeah, it, it was. And, and so, you know, you know, we are like advertising the book and we're smiling and, you know, on Sky News and doing all these different things with the book, talking about the book and in the background, dealing with like essentially this like backlash from the family for probably about half Oof. a year. 
How was that on your actual relationship? Because that is hard. Oh, it's hard. Yeah, it was, you know what? Like, it was a really interesting shift. And I think this is also, I think, why having strong family relationships, when you're in an interracial relationship on both sides, is really important because there was a shift. And, you know, I live over here, so I think there was more of a dependence on his family. But then there was a shift to my family and my family, you know, stepped in and they were actually like coaching us about not letting the other people come into your relationship. And, you know, like speaking to my husband and like talking to him. I mean, I was just, I really was, because sometimes with your family, you can be like a little bit like, you know, oh, my family. (laughs) But I was just like absolutely in awe. I've been in all, in all of some of my relatives who have like stepped in, called him up, talking to him, telling him he did the right thing for the book really? because, you know, to be honest, he really felt like he shouldn't have written the book. You know, when, when he was writing the book, he was already, I think a bit like nervous as a white man. And he doesn't have a about, place. He doesn't have authority agency. Yeah. yeah he thought that he shouldn't be preaching uh, essentially. Right. And so, you know, that was one thing that he was really struggling with. And, you know, the issue over the book with the with the family, like, it, it wasn't even any, actually two other people. There were issues, like, with some people about white privilege and the existence of white privilege and the fact that um, I did not have the right to feel uncomfortable as a Black person in a room full of 150 white people because oh there's a you know an asian person in the room probably your cousin that's not yeah you should feel comfortable (laughs) you know and and not understanding the the racial offensiveness of it because i'm not asian and just because there's an asian (laughs) person in the room doesn't mean that i should feel more comfortable in a sea of white people um and so a lot of like downplaying and, and statements like that and and statements like you know um basically that I had kind of almost brainwashed him and, and, um, and are, are, you know, being asked, are you actually going to be proud of this book, you know, and uh, in, you know, like, like five years. And so it was just an onslaught and it was really hard for him because he's never had this happen to him before. And he's never watched a torrent of racial harassment towards me coming from the very people he like, didn't think would like that. So I think for him, he was like, wow, I didn't think I had any family members who could be like this. And there was a lot of, I think, embarrassment and shame. And that's the very reason why you have it. to write the book and why you have to talk about it. The very reason. And and then, you know, at some point with our family, it was just kind of like, you know, we felt conflicted because in the book, we talk about talking about things. Mm. But at the same time, you can't take sustained racial harassment or abuse in general and so the family was kind of like you need to sort of distance yourself from this for your own mental health because um it does affect your mental health and then there was almost kind of this like we don't have the right (laughs) to to start to do that so it's really been a back and forth, but we've come full circle. I mean, we really had to get through it. And, you know, there were attempts by a particular person to directly drive a wedge in our marriage. 
Um, and, um, you know, it didn't work for them. And I, I think they underestimated, you know, the closeness we've been through. But like in the, uh, I, we, we were, the research was covered in a Cosmopolitan article and there was a doctor of intercultural studies who said that interracial couples actually can be some of the, have the strongest relationships because of all the things you have to go through and then how it is, you know, coming out on the other side. And we definitely are so much, um, you know, stronger for it. And I think, you know, we feel more supported because we have my family, my family is like there and, you know, um, and you're talking about it openly. Will be a yeah. Uh, but with my family yeah. as well. So we'll have that support system. Yeah. But you know, for the moment, we've put some protective measures in place for our own mental I, health. I, I think that's amazing to be aware of that and put that boundary up. And I can also imagine, even though it sounds like trudging through shit at times, yeah. Yeah. you, it is. I can also imagine liberating. Like you can just talk about what it's really, where it's really at. Let's let's just stop the BS. Let's just talk about it. Like, did you not see that look? That person just said this. This happens to me every day, multiple times a day. Just let's just be aware of this rather than, because I can imagine the sort of things that have come up to you, the, pe- the, 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 the things that people think are funny, the harmless jokes, which are massively offensive. The, um, yeah just the things where people think they're being polite I'm mixed it's not the same the same thing but I'd often get people saying to me how are you two connected like you and you and your mom yeah. um uh, yeah. oh that's your that's your mom <laughs> right um and I'd, I'd have that all the time well my do- my daughter is darker than me and people would be like that that's not your that's not your daughter is it like that that can't be like you can't produce a child that dark and I was just like what and the excuse always is I'm just curious I'm just curious yeah like that can cover it up but in any other walk of life you'd never have the audacity to say these things and to say to somebody's face I can just imagine what are some of the kind of common things that people would come up to you to or either of you and say are there any jokes I don't know, like, I don't know, any bar talk. I, I I basically remember, so when Spice Girls came out, everyone would be like, well, you look just like Scary Spice. It's like, do I? Or am I just a mixed race girl with curly hair? Like, what, 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 what actually looks the same here? Well, I mean, I think for me, I, you know, I, I only, I have, I do have, I have, I have it like, um, in a wrap now, but I have a fro and I went natural during the COVID pandemic. Um, like, like May, like just like a year ago and, um, just kind of seeing the reaction from like people and my hair (laughs) (laughs) and wanting to touch it. And, um, you know, comments just like I am a dark skinned woman and, you know, you have these different grades Mm -hmm in the, like for black hair, 3B, 3C, all these different things. And, and I think people being surprised that my hair isn't, I guess, a bit more kinky than it should be, or they think it should be that it's more curly. And, um, you know, I don't know, there's a lot of interest Mm, in it. (laughs) Fascination. 
people up. Fascination. You know, hair, I mean, hair is beautiful, but hair is hair. We all have different types of hair. And this kind of infatuation with, with black hair, particularly black female hair um, from white people and comments can just be a bit, you know, much. And, and then also other aspects like as a dark skinned woman, you know, people have said, oh, you're very articulate or. <laughs> you can speak oh, English. You know, yeah. You know, and it, and oh, wow. So impressive. And it's just kind of like, you know, black people are educated. Black people are successful. Black people, you know, are doing great things. And it shouldn't be a surprise that, you know, it's happening. And and I also speak about it in the book, you know, the aspect of work where, <clears throat> you know, I'm hired. Like um, at, at this point, I don't, I mean, I don't think I've started at a job in a while that I haven't been headhunted for, you know, and, and like, and like I've done, and this is just for more comms. I work with different international organizations and United Nations sometimes with communications and, and um, it's always like I'm, I'm, Chase, I'm hired for Chase for the job. And then I have this resume and I start the job. And it's always someone who like is A, not my manager, not at the same level as me, not at, probably sometimes not even in my team. And there's just this assumption that great, okay, there's this new black woman and you are here to do my work and, you know, do my bidding and then when I'm you know standing up for myself it, it's a problem so I actually have like a little method where whenever I start a new job I always come from a place of no nice. <laughs> for the first month or two to teach people around me that it is okay for me to say oh, no I love that. Um, and so yeah I, I do that in each each one so there's a little bit of you know feathers uh, ruffles ruffles um, but, um, you know, I think, I think it works and I always have the, you know, backing of the manager and I do my job, but you know, I'm not setting doing boundaries. You know, things that, yeah, I'm setting boundaries about my role and, and I love that being really, really I, clear from the start. Yeah. It's like a training. I have to train people that I'm just, you know, and, uh, it, it, in the end, there's always something in terms of like, I do something well. And for the team, the team gets some recognition. Then people get upset because they haven't gotten the recognition, but they didn't want to work together in the first place. And I've li- I've had mm. that life, and I've been surprised at the uh, caucasity mm-hmm. of it um, as well. And having to say to them in a meeting, "Well, remember, I actually came to you, and you told me it wasn't a good idea, and that you were too busy to help me." And here so, we are. And, and, and that's what happened. So, um, uh, you know, and people have asked me, like, do you actually have the capability to do this role? People who have started one week, <laughs> uh, you know, one week ago standing in my office when they don't have an office, um, you know, and uh, it, 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 it's amazing. You know, it's the little things that we go through, whether you're black or mixed race or a person of color. You know, these little things can really weigh on you. And so it was those, all those little aspects building up that actually kind of like gave content to the book because the book isn't just about, you know, our relationship. It's also like our separate lives and a comparison of the two. And then you see how it shows how we come, how we approach situations differently. So in the book, you know, we talk, Alex had talks about, 
like work and how he never thought about, you know, if he's going into an interview with women of color, how, you know, he naturally would get a job. He talked about how he went to, you know, the interview for a place that is very white male centric, uh, this organization. And, you know, he felt good about getting the job, but it wasn't like, I think he was the most experienced and said, you know, after being with me kind of thinking back about, you know, um, about it. And, um, I remember one conversation we were having, we didn't put it in the book, but he had like, you know, been promoted or like went away and came back and was promoted in a job. And his boss was the same level as him after he was promoted. And this boss was, was a woman and she was a bit kind of, I think, bothered by it and, and wanted to be promoted. And he was just kind of speaking about it. And I was like, yes, because you're, you know, like 10 to 15 years her junior. <laughs> she has more experience than you. And, you know, you just suddenly well, got, got promoted out of nowhere. I'm just, you know, tell, being honest with you. And I think that, you know, she has every right, you know, uh, to do that. And eventually, you know, she she was promoted like, like she should have been. But, you know, it's just kind of understanding that that dynamic, even just taking race out of the equation. And um, I love that he's getting this this firsthand awareness because it lands differently. You can read it, you can hear about it, you can do your own research, you can actively make an effort yeah. to educate yourself. But when you're in it with somebody and when you're experiencing it with somebody and when you see your partner experiencing racial abuse or microaggressions or any 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 betrayals you know, it lands differently. I'm really, it, it's, it'd be great for everybody to see that. It's really hard to empathize and actually stand in someone else's shoes. It's a really hard thing it for really, us to do. Really I think hard. we think we can do it, but to really do it, it's near impossible, isn't it? To not bring all your previous yeah. stories and patterns into it. So that, I can just imagine how much he has, um, not in a patronizing way, but I can imagine how much he's expanded from this. Yes, no, absolutely. And I think maybe that comes as a surprise from people close to him. And, you know, I think he's also grappling with the fact that he has. And so when trying to understand reactions from people close to him, it's just kind of like, wow, you know, seeing, you know, the, the, well, I, I guess, you know, mistakes and areas that that need, you know, improvement. But I also think like in the book, we talk about how we should have talked about race at the start of our relationship. Yes. Yeah. And I read this. I, you know, I, mean, I understand like on the first date, you're not, I don't know if you're, if you're dating outside your race, if you're going to be like, so let's have the race mm. talk. And what you know, even not, and is that talk? Are you racist? Are your family racist? Are you taking yeah, exactly. me for any sort of fetishism? Like what, what, what are we doing here on, I mean, on your first date, how do you, yeah. what, what would you, it's what would you have liked to have said then in, in the kind of early season? I have to be honest. I think if I probably went back, I don't know if I'd be able to bring it up on a first date. Right. Because you're just trying to get to, I think, know the person, a, their personality. Do you even like them? Um, I think I probably would have brought it up early on. Uh, but you, I mean, like I was, yeah, I probably would have brought it up earlier. I, I, I would have brought it up early on 
you know, I think we probably were married for maybe three, you know, maybe like two years before we really started. Like, That's so interesting. You know, addressing things. We had had things. I think I had tried to talk about it before. We had had, you know, issues like where like I'm on the street, I, Alex talks about it and like there's another interracial couple like on the sidewalk and the is a black man and a white woman and the black man comes over and just body checks me like diagonally where I'm almost falling backwards into the street and we have a confrontation and he gets so angry and I'm confused because I'm just like but you're with a white person (laughs) ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me Kiki Palmer Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. And, you know, Alex doesn't understand that like dynamic you know of what's happening and why he's upset but it also shows gender you know double standards as well and And that person may also not understand what's happening exactly and and it was interesting because you know he kind of steps in front of me because he thinks the guy's about to hit me and the guy like almost is like taken back like steps back so it was really interesting his reaction to a white male, like pushing himself forward, you know, with me. And, um, cause I have been saying like, wow, you're just going to like hit a woman or something on the street. And he just exploded. And then, you know, Alex was just like, stop, like, you know, back up. And, and the guy did. And it was interesting. His girlfriend was far off and just kind of looking on. And it was just a weird situation. He was just like, I just don't know how you get yourself into these situations and fights Tanika and I'm like I'm telling you it's not just I don't just stand there like you know and like you know it triggers people it It triggers people yeah so and we didn't really have conversations I think even then because it was still early in the relationship and he just like didn't really understand uh but when obvious things started happening that's when it became more like you know okay, a friend's, you know, attacking me and saying, you know, talking about, you know, my skin color or, or, or saying that, you know, I'm lazy or saying, oh, why do you talk about race all of a sudden, you know, and, um, and, and in the early stages were, are you the first black woman that Alex has dated? Yes, I am. And in the early stages, did you have people saying to you, can't you find a black man? Yeah, I've, I think I've always like had, I mean, I've all, I've dated outside my race or within my race. 
over the years, but dating outside my race, I've had, I have had people comment, even friends, even having guy friends who not necessarily white might be, you know, mixed race or, or more like Asian, you know, where, you know, I'm hanging out with a friend and we're going to movies and it's a completely platonic friendship. And, you know, another friend uh, who's a person of color might say, okay, you're going to go, you're going to go hang out with uh, Jackie Chan now. You know, and, you know, it's a person of color and not understanding how offensive actually that is and, and why is it a problem that I have a, a guy friend who is, you know, not the same color as me, who's a different, you know, ethnicity. And um, so, you know, I, I think it, it, I think it really shows that we all, all races, you know, have some type of issues racial issues that we need to work on even unconsciously and in the book we do say that we think everyone has some type of racial bias Absolutely. Or, and we're all ignorant to something i don't know about certain cultures and and i don't know you know what it's like to be of a certain religion or to be of a of a, of a different person of 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 color um or from a different nationality, there's always like an ignorance. But it's interesting because I, I don't know. I, I've always had the observation is for me, it's very easy for me to say like I would never tell an Asian person that their experience isn't valid if they're telling me about something because I'm not Asian. So how dare I tell another Asian person whether or not their experience is, is true, you know? And with certain white people, with some white people, there's this defense mechanism, you know, when there's a suggestion that they might not know everything about being black or being a person of color. And it, to me, it's always confusing because it's just like, but if you're white, you're not going to know what it's like to be black or a person of color. So why can't you believe me when I talk about my experience? It's almost like, well, like, like they know. And, and, you know, and, you know, we had this, with you know uh, uh, some fam family members of Alex and and it was just so interesting because it's not like you know these particular people even you know really talk to black people that many really in their lives except me <laughs> so um, it you know it's um, you know it's a difficult thing and it's not just one person I mean it is a pattern mm. you know we see that in in society this like this kind of resistance from many white people to believe people of color when they talk about experiencing racism. And at this point, I feel like there's not an excuse well, not anymore. An excuse, but it, it takes courage, doesn't it, to admit there is bias, to admit that you have yeah. maybe profited or you've succeeded. Um, that's, that's really hard because you're sitting there, well, I've done this all on my own or this couldn't possibly, I'm really aware, I'm really open and you know it's hard to sit there and admit that these things have affected you and you have profited from it and um it's hard it's yeah, hard to no get your brain around that like the it's it's enormous isn't it if you've never thought about it before it must feel like, wild yeah. just like what it must just feel overwhelming and I think that's where the defense kicks in and you're like yeah, because it must feel like it's an attack on them, attack on their exactly. choices and their lifestyle and their achievements, 
Um, and it's really, really hard to recognize that as the individual and also the whole. Yeah. It's hard. Yeah. And then there's this mentality that, you know, well, I don't need to be educated and I don't want to be educated. And, and there's also this, I think, sometimes connection with having a degree and that like, um, you know, exempting you from any sort of racism because you have a degree. Yeah. yeah. You know? And you read a book once yeah. or you went to a museum yeah. once and, um, you know, everything's okay and you don't need to be educated. And um, so it's, you know, it's, it's such a, a difficult thing. And I really, you know, give kudos to, you know, anti-racism educators and people who are really focusing on, you know, educating um, the public um, on racism. You know, we wrote our book and I, I don't know if I would uh, consider myself an anti-racism educator. I just feel like we wanted to talk about an experience that we weren't seeing in the public sphere and maybe encourage other interracial couples uh, to come forward and talk about it. But, um, you know, it, it's clearly difficult because the research with Inner Circle was interesting because it was like 50% and and but there's not like 50% of interracial relationships in, in the UK, right? So there, I can't even remember if it's like one in 10 or one in seven. Um, don't quote me on that. I'm sure that's not as well. <laughs> um, but like the, the actual interracial couples in the UK and the fact that 50% or yeah, 49%, you know, are willing, but have like a fear of it really speaks to what's happening, you know, in the UK. Totally. And I think and, we think we're open. Yeah, I think from your yeah. mixed up love report <laughs> found that nine in 10 UK adults have dated and are currently dating and would be open to dating someone from a different different ethnic background, but third have experienced microaggressions as a result. So although the research and the papers that are saying there's no racism and we're all, a, it's, a it, it's an absolute <laughs> lie. It's an absolute lie. And it, it doesn't speak to what's actually going on in the ground, but looking to the future, what, 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 how are you going to approach the idea of raising mixed race children, the identity struggles oh. they may face, we may all face yes. defending your children. How, yes. have you talked about I mean, that? I think, you know, defending my child, that, that's, that won't be, I think, a problem for me. We, you know, Alex and I do have these conversations like, you know, what's going to happen, you know, if you like, you know, little Susie comes home and says, you know, they called her a racial slur or something. You can't say sticks and stones are going to break my bones. You know, I, you know, I was saying, you know, raising a, a mixed race child or, a child of color is very different than a white child. I was like, you know, sometimes like, you know, parents of, of color will do like affirmations with their child yeah. where you know, you're looking in the mirror and you're like making, like making sure the child is like saying, you know, like positive affirmations about I their love skin. My skin. Color. I, love, I mean, I do this hey. with my children. Absolutely. And yeah. And my husband, my husband was like, wow. Like that was just like, <laughs> I'm like, you, you, you don't necessarily have to do that necessarily. If with white, like this is like, it, it's, no, it's don't, a very You don't have a three-year-old coming home saying I want yellow hair. Oh, exactly. my hair to be long and hanging like this. That's not going to happen. 
Yeah. And I was like, you have to teach your child that they are normal and beautiful before, you know, society tells them that they aren't. But has Alex and, thought, um, have, have you thought about, so being a mixed race woman and having been a mixed race child, have you thought about when your children appear, um, what it's going to be like, those questions of where's your daddy? It happened to me many times. I get lost somewhere and people will be like, where's your mom? I'm like, there she is. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we had conversations where I was like, you know, because sometimes I think he can be a little bit like still, he he likes, he he stands up, but it's still like something that he has to like, you know, work up to mm. in terms of like race. And I was like, if you have a kid, like you need to be like, bam. You do. Like, because they're going to remember that they will remember that and i was like yeah really it's also how they learn when they see how we model as parents how we model how we deal with transitions negotiations difficulties um tough conversations it's all modeled and they're going to pick it all up how you deal with your frustration how you deal with problem solving They're, they're picking up consciously and subconsciously so when you say i'm going to stand up for my child you need to do it immediately because they remember instantly yeah exactly and and i said that you know if you are the white father of a black mixed race child like it's really important for you for the child to be aware that you like get it or are trying to get it. I, and I was like, you know, you, you you don't want there to be this disconnect where like, oh, okay, it's a racial issue. So yeah, sorry, sorry, dad, <laughs> let's just, you know. And so I think, you know, we're having these conversations and, and he's, you know, starting to understand that. The other factor is, um, you know, the in-laws. Yeah. <laughs> in-laws now, you know, we've had this situation happen and so it's just always kind of like um you have to be I think very careful because if they're comfortable treating you a certain way or saying racially racial things that are racially offensive towards like our relationship or me directly it doesn't it means that they would be okay to do it Absolutely with, not. Um, Your child, I, I, that would be yeah, interesting. If he was ever, totally, if he, no, <laughs> never going to happen. If he, if he was in that situation, it'd be good. It'd be interesting to see Daddy Bear step up. You know, well, no, I think, I think he, it would. He really would. My family's also very like into that as well. Where it's very much like, like we we would not have any uh, family members like that around the child. And I think that that's a hard thing because I'm sure that people would want to be around the child, you know, even if there's like racial issues, but you have to a, admit your racial issues and work on it mm. before you can, you know, have and that, that influence. Just, some people are just not capable of that. Yeah. Yeah. You, you just have to protect it's the child. Then. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So I think that would be a hard thing because I think people would want to be part of that child's life, but not think, not want to address their own issues. And, you know, I wouldn't want my child to, you know, you know, if I'm in situations where I'm at a family event and there's like 50 white people and the family 
some of the family, because a lot of the family actually for this book and the situation we've been through, I think some extended family members know about it, have been phenomenal. Like, it's so interesting when, when something racial happens because like, like you really, I, I feel like, like people kind of show like their, their true, true colors. colors yeah. Way. And like in this situation, I found people who are, you know, like su- su- trying to be supportive to everyone and see all the sides, but not necessarily giving you the support that you mm. need or being sympathetic to the fact of the racial mm. factor happening. And then there's people who just completely don't see it. And then there's people who you wouldn't really expect to stand up for you. And then I just, love those ones. Isn't that, you know, and, and I've, we've had that in this situation because actually one of the people who, one of the people who have been really just like going for it with us, uh, you know, would send me books on race, send me like articles on diversity and racism and, you know, kind of be this cheerleader for me for diversity and racism and then turn around and have all these issues. And, you know, the other one who is very respectful will will ask questions that are like curious questions, but not disrespectful. And sometimes a family, a member might be like, oh, you're not allowed to ask that, you know, but, you know, it's not true, you know, and really like listen and not say anything, but ask a question and like situation happens and really standing up and being like, no, I'm not accepting that and actually taking a lot of heat for it and having to deal with a lot of their own anguish because of, you know, kind of standing up for us or or standing or trying to stand by our side. And so I kind of said to like Alex, I'm like, you know, this person, like, I don't know, this obviously isn't a word. And I don't know if you could be an ally if you're silent, but I was like, it's like a silent ally. <laughs> like, it's like, you know, doesn't need to show, doesn't need to put this whole performance. But you feel it, you know, that's, all the time. That's the thing. But then when you're in it, they're like, with you. bam. Yeah. Yeah. And so there's been a lot of like changes in like, you know, who and what we we think people are. And I think Alex has been pleasantly surprised by kind of like extended family members who have like read the book and were like, I'm sorry you felt this way, Tanika. Like I now I understand and and I want you to feel com- more comfortable at events where you know you're the only black person and just like being a huge support and I and like, you know, me saying like, yeah, your family member, you know, you know, been messaging me about the Meghan and Harry interview or the Black Lives Matter uh, movement protests or the book and um, and him just being like, wow, you know, like these people who have just like almost like blossomed because of it and are so proud of us for speaking out. And I think one of them has even started an initiative to increase diversity in their field. And it's just like phenomenal. And all this thinking for the future. You've done all that before you have kids, you know, it's it's great to do that, that groundwork because you're like, this is the benchmark. This is what I'm asking for. It's great. You never really, you could never really know a person. Could you? You've really, really tested your family members and your loved ones here. Yeah. And yeah, I really know. And, and even my own family, like, um, you know, they're far away. And I think in this situation, I think some people, um, I think I'm the only 
like one in the situation whose family is, doesn't have family in Europe. And so sometimes that can make people feel a bit more bold in how they treat you. Um, and, um, and my family have made it very clear that I have family and just because they're in the States, you know, <laughs> you know, doesn't mean anything that they're not there. And, uh, I do think there was a, I actually just found out, you know, the other day there was a, a email sent that I didn't know about. So, <laughs> you know, so they're there. And I think it was just kind of like, nah, stop with the racial stuff and, uh, in a, in a polite way. And, and I didn't know that. And so it is kind of like, uh, nice to know that they that you know they have my they have your back. Have my back that's nice and alex is back too and they and they said it to him they said you know you're you're one of us and we love you and we'll protect you and we'll support you so it's interesting for him to have my family supporting him because of what's happening and i think for him it's just kind of a, a really mind-boggling thing that he never suspected but at the same time we've just it's all is it's been a rocky situation but we have had this newfound appreciation for people that maybe we weren't as grateful for and and i think that's such a blessing that's such a gift and i think i can imagine the mind boggle that's going on for both of you and i think sometimes we put family on a higher pedestal of we expect these things and all it is is that they're family they they put you through some crap that you would never allow to happen from anybody outside of your family or a lack of understanding or 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 love or just anything you would not allow outside your family so why would you put up with it from your family so I think it's great that we can change the narrative you know whoever your tribe is find them wherever your safe space is find it and um and it's okay if that's mixed up bunch whatever it is that that is your family and i'm great i'm grateful that you both have found that support anybody listening that's in a mixed relationship a biracial relationship and struggling what would you say to them oh <laughs> i know i've been there yes i've definitely been there there has to be a willingness to communicate and talk about it. And it doesn't have to be pleasant at first. Um, you know, it's taking years for us to get to a certain point. You know, when we, we released the, the book, we, you know, we had, you know, people write to us. I think one woman said that, you know, her husband uh, refuses to engage with her about discussing race despite the fact that they have two biracial children. That makes me feel sick. I mean, yeah, they you're just denying your separated. children there. Hmm. They separated. Um, and, you know, another woman messaged saying that, you know, her husband's eyes just glaze over and he refuses to engage. And, um, and I really think it has to come from both people. It just can't be one person. And I would say to any, you know, not every relationship is black and white. I think we kind of use that as like the default. There are many different aspects. I would assume that if people of color are dating people of color, but from different ethnicities, there's a little bit more of an understanding of where the others are coming from. I think with, with white partners, they have to be willing to listen. 
and understanding that race is a part of a person's identity and culture. So if you're denying to talk about it, you're denying them. Um, it, I, I know it doesn't it sound super simple, but it really is like communication and understanding and being willing to talk about it. And I think it's so surprising how many people don't want to talk about it in a relationship. And I think it is if you're not willing to talk about it, I think people hide from it, don't they? Yeah, they hide from it. And the relationship, I don't want to say it won't last, but it's, you know, it's going to be a very difficult relationship. It won't relationship. be healthy, will it? It's not going to be healthy. And, you know, there'll be resentments and, and different things like that. You have to be supportive of your partner and their different experiences and how the world is for you, them compared to to you. So I really would say communication. And being honest, I think a lot of patience as well. I think sometimes I just expected my husband to get it, snap my fingers and get it, you know. But he had never dated, you know, a black woman before. And, uh, you know, a lot of things he hadn't experienced. And I think a lot of my frustration was that he just didn't get it at the very beginning. But he hadn't really experienced it. He didn't know what to do. And I hadn't told him how to support me in the best way possible. Um, and so, you know, that was... That's great I life think, advice there. Have a responsibility. Yeah, we have a responsibility to, to talk about how 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 they can, they can support us. And I would say also for interracial couples to, to talk about race with families, you know? Like, that's important. And I... I take responsibility that I didn't do that. But, you know, because there was like a performance going on of like, here's a, a book on race, even though about being a black woman, even though I'm a black woman, but okay, thank you, you know, for sending it. You know, uh, I was kind of just assumed that, you know, we were on the same page and I don't think you should make assumptions. And there are, you know, many, I know many have many white friends who don't believe in teaching your kids about race or what people go through or, you know, British history, <laughs> real British history <laughs> yeah. or real American history. Yeah, and, and, um, and so, you know, then, you know, we have these adults that are just like completely oblivious to, to the world around them that is non-white. Um, and yeah. And, and so I think it's, it's so important to like, talk about it with families. And I think a lot of things could have been avoided if I had set my boundaries, which, because then they maybe wouldn't have known to, to cross those boundaries. So setting um, boundaries and being really intentional with the communication. I think yeah, that is. Yeah, a, absolutely. Um, but, you know, it's interesting because the opposite way with my family is there's no problem with talking about race and different things like that. Like, you know, and I guess like in a black family, it's going to come up, you know, um, and um, yeah. So, so it's just so interesting, like the dynamic of Alex and my family and the dynamic of me in, in his family as well. I, I, I bet. And what is next for you both? What are you up to next? Well, um, I am currently working on a second book. Amazing. Congratulations. Thank you. So that's exciting. I can't say what it is about yet. Um, 
But um, yeah, and I think um, Alex is taking a bit of a break. I think this was a chill, chill, chill. <laughs> yeah, emotional, mental, physical, grueling project. Potential you know, energy, writing a book takes year can take years. Then you go through the the promotion the PR mm-hmm. part. and you're in it again. Yeah, yeah, we've been promoting since probably October last year because we had our audio book out it was an audible original first yes that's and then we had yeah the paperback and so it's kind of you stay uh, in it you stay in it for a while um and so um yeah we're very, very pleased with the book and the research i'm just so happy to have like contributed that to to the uk because i don't think there's been research about interracial dating i know um, I think there was another dating app that released at the same time as ours about mixed race, the mixed race experience in dating, but not interracial dating. Um, and, and yeah, and I think the ending this kind of promotional tour in a way with the research has been great because it's almost like validation. We've had like people after interviews say they're lying or interracial couples don't have issues in the UK. This is not a thing anymore. And the research was just kind of like, bam, it's all true. <laughs> and, and I think that's great. Just validating people's experiences. It, it, it will change. It will be a game changer for those people and hopefully a game changer for anybody open enough to, to take it in. Absolutely. Thank you so much for being thank here you. and sharing with me. I really appreciate it. And good luck on the next book. I um, think oh, it's so incredibly so brave much. what you're doing, what you're both doing, what you're doing for your relationship it's not easy putting it all out there and then like you said living in it for best part of a year to talk about it and promote it and be in it so I'm grateful and you know thank you for offering this up to us all thank you so much for having me dope black moms If you'd like to join the Dope Black Mums private Facebook group, please search Dope Black Mums on Facebook. Don't forget to rate, review and subscribe. Please follow on all socials at Dope Black Mums. Thanks so much for listening. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum.